Welcome to the Foyne Jones Show Survival Special. In this mini-series of my podcast, I'll be talking to the industry's most charismatic leaders about the impact coronavirus has had on their daily trading. We will discuss their battle plans to fight back and share advice and guidance on how we can stay positive and optimistic in the most trying of times. Now, more than any time in our recent history, we will, judge, we will be judged by our capacity for compassion. Our ability to come through this won't just be down to what government or business can do, but by the individual acts of kindness we show one another. The small business who does everything they can not to lay off their staff. The student who does a shop for their elderly neighbour. The retired nurse who volunteers to cover some shifts in their local hospital. When this is over, and when it will be over, we want to look back at this moment and remember the many small acts of kindness done by us and to us. We want to look back on this time and remember how we fought first of others and acted with decency. We want to look back at this time and remember how, in the face of a generation-defining moment, we undertook a collective national effort and we stood together. It's on all of us. Those were the powerful words spoken by Richie Sunak, our Chancellor, probably our future Prime Minister, and arguably the face of modern Britain. Stephen Johnson, Managing Director of Quicker UK, the tap that does it all. Welcome to the Foyne Jones Show. This is our survival special episode three. And I don't apologise, I wanted to start it that way. How are you, Stephen? I'm okay, thank you. You? Um, I am battling on for adversity. I have a smile on my face. We have got things going on at the moment which are completely unrecruitment related, but we're keeping busy. Um, I go from things, Stephen, hour by hour. I can be positive, then I can be in hand, I can be really upbeat and optimistic, and then I can be terrified. Last week, um, I've got a 21-year-old son, I've got an 18-year-old son, I'm married, my my two sons and my wife were all affected in terms of employment by what's happening, and I've shared this publicly, only in a recruitment business, business, which makes money for introducing people in the current climate is going to be tough. So it's understandably had a catastrophic effect on our immediate cash flow. But I believe there's a pathway out of it. I believe there'll be an end. And it's getting guests on the podcast, even like yourself, to share their stories, talk about the impact it's had on you, how it's affected trading, what are the further consequences. Um, what I want to start with, Stephen, because you're very well known, and when you reached out on social media about wanting to pull a network, a group of key individuals together, you had an overwhelming response. So let's start with that. What what was the thought process behind that, Stephen? I think the severity of the current situation is something that has uh, grasped my attention more in, in recent weeks when it first started in... Jan and Feb and even early March when we were at KBB, I don't think I realised how severe and serious the impact of this would be. Um, and certainly last week I was hearing how airlines are going to be saved, how leisure industries are going to be saved, how gyms will be saved. And then I looked at our industry and I thought, well, how are we going to be saved? And we have a huge amount of self-employed individuals working in our industry and as we sit here today there is no help for any of those people Mm. and it therefore struck me that 
not only are they going to need help, but there will also be small businesses that need help and advice. And where do they turn to at this time? And who do they get that advice from? So it was that that um, sparked my imagination. Sorry, Stephen, I'm um, happy but burst into the studio. He's out there. Um, uh, he's, he's, quite well, he's quite well known, mate, on social media. So, so anyway, he's now gone. So going back to where we are, I get what you said there, mate, because the self-employed population are terrified. The the trades are terrified, and and I'll give you how it how it became really real for me. Going beginning of March, I had thirty nine recruitment projects. I'm not a huge recruitment company. I'm a I'm a specialist been recruiting and building supplies since 2003. You know, so I've rode that roller coaster. Every one or two of those projects are now on hold or cancelled indefinitely. And what do you say to a director, a business owner, who rings you up and says, Peter, look, I've got four showrooms, you know, production ceased, we're not going to open, we can't now recruit for that designer or that showroom manager that was due to start, we've got to put it on hold. It's arguably the wrong decision, but... It's got, it's got a dominoes, even, and um, you've got to say the lack of clarity at the moment on what is going to happen is the most difficult aspect of this. So normally, when events or crises happen, like the collapse in two thousand and eight, Brexit, we all understood what was happening, and we all had an ability to respond. There was a time frame with it. So with the the financial disaster, it happened. And we all knew what we had to deal with. With Brexit, it happened. Although the deadline moved regularly, month by month, we all had an idea of what would happen, when it was going to happen, and what the challenges would be. I think the difficulty with the virus is the lack of clarity on what actually is going to happen. And as we sit here today... I think a lot of people think that two weeks of isolation will resolve this problem, but it won't. What we have is a virus that, until there is a vaccine, is going to continue to spread. The isolation will slow the spread of it down, but what I've quickly realised is potentially we've got 12 to 24 months of disrupted working practices, and therefore it's going to necessitate a huge change in working practices, methods, and how we, we operate. Uh, and, and I think it's really difficult because nobody knows what those cycles are going to be, and we're all learning how to operate our business in this new way with limited contact, uh, and particularly in our business when you're presenting a visual product it's touch and it's feel, and I want to sell it to you, we're going to be deprived of doing that. Uh, and it's not a case of we can stop. I appreciate that the government have put forward a significant amount of support. However, we are in the position we are in because government have failed to mitigate properly for a disaster of this nature. So whilst I agree with everybody, that the government offering to pay 80% of somebody's wages is decent, in my mind, it's no more than they should have done. And actually, it should be 100% because we are all taxpayers. None of us have created this problem. And if the government had the NHS in better order, all governments, 
over many years have failed to invest in it. And the reason we're in the position we are in is because we have a health service that can't cope with a national disaster. So I see that firmly as a responsibility of government. So I appreciate that everybody's excited about 80% of their pay. And lots of business owners I spoke to have said, it's a good deal that people can go home and get 80% of their pay. It, it might be, but in my mind, it should be 100% of their pay because none of them have contributed to this disaster. And actually, it's a fundamental lack of planning by all governments. So they have failed all individuals. So in terms of that, I have an, an issue with it, and I think it could be improved. I think to ignore self-employed people in this situation is, again, absolutely unacceptable. Yeah. They have not caused this. They are not party to it. They have paid their taxes. And the government and medical people that run this kitchen, that run this country, have failed to provide adequately for this. So I, yeah, I'm speaking up. Stephen, let me just pick up on the self-employed. I'll give you, I'll give you a conversation I had with my, my best mate. He's the best man at his wedding. We're really close. We're up together. He's a black cab driver in London. Okay. So, you know, he always used to joke the games in there, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, Uber's in there. Now, he's doing like, 18 hour days, he's married, he's messes in TV, all her shows, you know, all her production stuff's cancelled, but he's got two little kids. Um, and he's not even covering his diesel, right? So he's looking at his world ending. On Saturday, a little job in Kensington, um, Japanese gentleman, small job, six pound job. Guy gave him a tenner and said, keep the change, right? He nearly burst into tears because, you know, and the impact it's having on the self-employed, the non-PAYE percentage of, of, of individuals, it is frightening. You mentioned it earlier about the fitters, the installers. My son, you know, my, my youngest son, he works for a landscaping company. Um, so he's, he, is, he is salary, but his team, a lot of people he works for are not. So that's kind of grinding to a halt. It's, it's frightening in terms of what will be coming. So I do believe we'll go into a lockdown-type situation soon. Um, how we'll keep trading through it, how we'll, how we'll exist, it is a challenge. I think the point is that the lockdown limits the spread of it, but when you come out of lockdown, on the evidence I read, is that actually there could be a further spread of it. So what we have is a year. The, the other government measures that I'm struggling with, you know, I've grown up in an era where I was taught never to borrow money. You live within your means. And the situation that we're presented with here is lots of people have lost their job or their ability to earn money through no fault of their own. And the government solution to that outside, you know, the 80% payment for staff, fine. There's no strings attached. You get it. I've made my point on that. I think it should have been 100%. Um, but in terms of all the other measures I look at of his business, defer your VAT, defer your payments, take loans. I think it is absolutely flawed by the government to resolve this problem by suggesting people borrow money because the issue is they don't have the money. So all we're going to do is create a period where people borrow, 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 defer payments. You come to June, you're actually going to be in a worse position than you are today because at the moment, everybody's treating this a bit like a holiday. You know, everybody's got their pay. Everybody's not experienced any pain. But actually, what I am fearful of, very fearful of, is over the next three months, 
which is what I suggest the most disruptive period will be, people's positions are going to worsen. The government payouts aren't going to happen to the end of April. So I, I really, really, although everybody sees them as grand gestures, I actually see a very significant problem arising over the coming four, eight, 12 weeks as working, working practices stop, money dries up, and then the whole mood of the country is going to go from one of where we are at the moment, was a bit of sunny weather, you know, everybody thinking they've got a few weeks off work, but actually this is a very, very, very serious position, not one that I think is resolved by the government lending people money, because there is... I, I, I agree with you there. I mean, I, mean, I, I looked at that, and I, I as a, from a Foy and Jones recruitment group perspective, I will do whatever I can as a small business not to have to borrow any money. That's, that's completely counterproductive to me. You know, I, I, we, we're eligible for the, for the grant, arguably, but there's no pathway to get that. And, you know, Richie's, Richie's as a chancellor, his announcement did give me hope because I was facing some difficult, I had difficult conversations last week with two members of staff where it, it looked like it was becoming untenable. There, there may be a short-term solution there, but there, there's, got to be, there's got to be an exit. But let's, let's talk about, you know, the, the, the world for you. Um Quicker UK at the moment. How have you guys been affected? What what's the you know what's been the immediate impact so and the effect? The immediate focus is obviously the health and well-being of my staff and my customers is absolutely fundamental. However, also their financial well-being and their ability to survive is also really important to me. So the policy that we've adopted is one of, we need to keep fit and well, we all need to isolate, but actually we need to keep our offices open and working. And therefore what we did at very early stages was I got my team to commit to only going to home and work. So isolating with their family and their colleagues here. We've imposed the, the restrictions that the government have suggested. And my objective is to keep this business going by protecting my staff and keeping the environments free of the virus. Where that becomes challenging is we have a number of self-employed contractors within the field. So at any, you know, we will be carrying out a couple of thousand house visits a week. Um, and the challenge there is keeping my self-employed team fit, well and healthy and also ensuring that they can go to customers. So my full and total focus and that of my team is to keep this business running. Not being a maverick, not flying in the face of government advice, but I recognise and my team do, that is if we don't keep the business going and keep our fitters employed and working, there is a very, very, very difficult problem ahead of us very difficult and that should not be underestimated and we, you know, that, that, that that average number of, of installation you know that, that 2000x home visits whatever ha, have they dipped have they spiked have they slowed down have you seen we had a, a, a buoyant last week so what you've got and what i see on the high street is everybody going spending the last pennies so the other thing that i'm really concerned about is you're looking at high spending on all sorts of home equipment and stuff um 
because people are anticipating a period where they're at home. So we've got a little boom in certain sectors. Um, and I find that rather bizarre. And what I predict will happen over the coming weeks is we're going to see a complete slowing down of business, a slowing down of orders, an inability for companies to do what they need to do because of lack of supply in the supply chain, lack of personnel, people self-isolating. So we have, a, 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 I feel, a real significant problem ahead and not one that will be resolved by loans from the government. That, to me, is going to give us greater problems as we move through the year. And so, yeah, it is really concerning, really concerning. I mean, what's, what's really positive, and it's been echoed by so many other people in, in, in leadership roles, you know, from, from small businesses to, to large businesses, is that, you know, health and well-being has to come first because we're not dealing with a political decision like Brexit, whether you leave or stay, it doesn't matter. We're not, de- I mean, I, I traded for it. I thought I was indestructible until 2009, Stephen. I learned then I wasn't, mate. So, so I traded through that, come out the other side, I'm scarred. No one in my lifetime, in any lifetime, perhaps since war, World War II, has ever dealt with something this big. And we're actually fighting an invisible enemy. You know, we're fighting something we can't see, we can't measure, we can't comprehend. And and I, I bring this to life, something I noticed on Friday. You know, quite rightly, we, we, we announced the, the closure of pubs, clubs, restaurants, hotels, hospitality. And... You know, the, the, the great and good of the public went out for one last hurrah, one last drink, one last piss-up. Now, what what damage that did in terms of the spreading, I don't know. So I think we've got a – you see it yourself. I don't know what it's like in your part of the world, but in my part of the world, you know, you see the you see the panic buying out of control. You, you see some people taking the right distancing measures, others not. And I think there needs to be some some real stability and – an, an approach there which which enables us to function as best we can for as long as we can we'll come to a stop and then we'll come out of it won't we potentially but when everybody says we're going to come to a stop and we're going to come out of it when you look at the medical advice properly the isolation is a protection measure for the nhs so actually if you go to the root cause of the problem it's actually poor planning by all governments, mm. okay? And I appreciate that nobody could have foreseen this, but we have practised in flu remedies if we get a flu epidemic. We are defended against nuclear weapons should we have a nuclear war. So actually, I really, really, you know, I've got to manage my business. You have to manage your business. We're in a position today where... In the, in the period of seven days, our business lives have changed through no fault of our own. Okay, so I do lots of planning each year, where we're going to be, what's our budget, what are the risks, what are the downsides? And I feel that the governments have completely neglected the planning and they have created a situation where we are under-resourced and not able to deal with this problem. As a consequence of that, we have to go into lockdown. We have to close. And we have to do what we're said. But the period that this is going to go on for is significant. And if you look at extreme reports, it could be two years. Okay, but you do not cure a virus by staying at home. 
Everybody must understand you only cure a virus with a vaccine. And until we have a vaccine, we're going to be in a cycle of business where we are open, we are closed, we are open, we are closed. And that has to lay fully at the door of the government. And do you, do you think this, this, this is, a, from your perspective, a 12 to 24 month minimum to, to, to try and come out of it? And, and where do you um, see that? Difficult to predict. I am hopeful that somebody will come out of the woodwork and say, we have a vaccine. I think the, the time we know this is going to end is when we have a vaccine. Until we have a vaccine, the steps that are being taken in terms of isolation and withdrawing yourself from society are protective measures for the NHS. What people don't understand is they are not measures to cure the illness. They are measures to protect an overwhelmed NHS. And what we are doing in, the, in now is putting in enough ventilators and medical support to treat potentially what they feel will be the, 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 where, where, how many people will need to be uh, hospitalised. And that's what we're doing it for. So you can't plan for anything unless you know when a vaccine will come. And if you look at all the reports, that is no quick fix. That's 12 to 18 months. I've got that here for you. Why don't you try and find individuals that have been made redundant or laid off in the kitchen sector who are self-isolating fit and well, who can offer part-time assistance to companies where they've got staff off due to illness? You could probably look at temporary contracts, finding people work. So, you know, I'm, I've got a situation in Brentwood at the moment where all my booking staff are off ill. So, you know, I need to fill those voids with healthy, fit people. So there might be an opportunity, you know, you need to think outside the box. There might be an opportunity for you and your network to find lots of people that are fit and well that can help other businesses, surveyors, planners. It might be menial tasks, but you you know, there might be a business in your area that needs a surveyor. There might be a surveyor that's been made redundant around the corner that's fit and well, and you might be able to connect him with a company on a part-time basis. So I think we also have to Look outside the box. Our lives are changing. You need to earn money. People want to run businesses. There are going to be opportunities. And again, you know, I was thinking about that today. I might need some staff that have skills that are out of work because some of my staff might be ill. Now, I'm going to stay fit and well, so I need people. So there might be a situation where you have or encourage people to come to you from the kitchen sector if they are out of work what their skills are, and it might be that you can find them positions on a temporary basis for a week, for two weeks. And this, this is going to go on for two years. So actually, you could build up a pool of part-time people that keep themselves fit and well, because I, I envisage a time when you're going to get people that self-isolate so they can go and do jobs. You know, so if you are... It's almost, you know, it's almost in a way, it's almost you know, like you've got, it's like a hired gun or a hired, you know, because what you're looking for is you're looking for people to be dropped in and fix that and fix this. And and I'm, and I'm blessed. Yeah, so 
I've got a really strong network. And a lot of the conversations I've been having with that network, certainly the people that are affected where their, their jobs are being made redundant and stuff is, you know, we're not giving them much back other than support and, and advice because we've got nothing to push them there. Something like that gives us something to offer a market. So I've made a lot of money, Stephen. And I I'll if I hear of anybody, because there'll be lots of surveyors for all the big companies that are out of work, can't go and survey. There'll be fitters that maybe can't fit, but a fitter can make an appointment on the phone. So there might be subcontract fitters that can't work, that are fit and well, that can come and do something in a business. Now, you look at the supermarkets, which are sharing resource. As an industry, we should do the same. And we need to change. So work in progress. Stephen, let's let's talk about trying to remain positive. Okay, let's let, let's finish the the podcast with you spoke about the well being of your staff, your family, your suppliers, your customers. I've, I've spoken about the impact it's had here. So many other business owners, self population self employed, employed people. We don't know whether to stick or twist. We don't know what's coming next. Um, you're putting together a panel of leaders from industry. For, for a meet three, six, nine month period, arguably, to provide support and advice. And I think that's needed. I'm talking to people with showrooms that are closing. I'm talking to people with showrooms that, that you know, are having orders cancelled. And others are trying to clear on to whatever they can do. Um, it's hitting us all. So what would you advise? Let's go with the business owners, first of all. The business owners in the KBB world, your customers, yeah. What would you advise they should be doing to keep positive? I think we need to find a way of operating our business with social distancing. So we will, over the course of this week and the group of people I'm working with, will come up with a list of measures that we feel will enable a company to keep operating. So if the, the difficulty with places of work and meeting customers is one of hygiene and distancing. So providing... You know, for me in this, my office, as an example, we're having it deep cleaned every day. The staff have committed to staying at home or coming into the office, so they don't do anything else. We are two meters away from each other. So our whole focus in this office is staying fit, well, and be able to operate. And I encourage all businesses, with paying attention to government advice, but put yourselves in a position where you are safe, well, and can operate. And to me, if you are two meters away and following the rules, you can do that. Secondly, I think you need to have a plan that recognizes the severity of this situation. As I see it today, without wishing to scaremonger, I believe that through April, May, and June, there will be very little new business done. And I think you have to rebudget your business on the most severe basis you can do. And that means looking at all options that are available to you, but cutting all unnecessary cost and making sure that you can operate your business. And that might mean you have staff work, some staff working one day, other staff working the other day. So we're looking at rotors to minimize contact. But I think your focus has to be to keep working safely and also put your business into a defensive strategy. So absolutely understand what you need to do 
if you have no business coming in and what period you can last for. Once you understand that, you and you have to be honest, however bad it looks, then you have a situation that you can deal with. A number of people I've spoken to are not always honest when they make these assessments and they look at April, May and June and they say, we might do this, we might do that, we might do the other. As we sit at the moment, if places like John Lewis, Selfridges are closed, there is not going to be very much business done for the next three months. If you look at all the events that have been cancelled, there's not going to be much going on. So I encourage everybody to try and keep trading, but safely. So I'm not trying to be a maverick. I'm not ignoring government advice. Make your office and your staff safe and healthy. Make sure they follow the directions. Stephen, uh, we had our office deep cleaned on Friday, okay? And there's only two of us in here today and a, and a puppy. Uh, I'm going to deep clean it again tonight, mate. You've motivated me to do that. But, but you know what? You know What you're talking about there, you know, to try and keep operating through self-distancing, to really think about hygiene and, you know, the restricting the spread of the virus, um, we can all do that. We could do. We could do that at no real. You know, we could do that. That's something we could. We could. We could drive to happen. I think the honesty of looking at your business and going, you know, we're not going to bring hardly any if if well, hardly any cash into the business. You know, I know that. I I went through that pain last week. Right. I looked at what's coming in, and that's good. If that's all paid. You know, and some people have already picked the phone up to me, Stephen, and said, Peter, you know. We know we owe you this. Our intention is to pay, but we can't pay. Um, I'm having conversations like that all the time. But if that comes in, I've got a period where I know I can trade to, and we've got to try and work around that. It's sobering. It's terrifying. But I've been very honest, and it does give me focus. Um, calling that a defensive game is, is a thing. It's a process you have to do. Because if you don't do it, you are burying your head in the sand and actually – the events will happen anyway around you and you won't be in control of it. So if you understand where you're going to be, then you can potentially try and hatch a plan to deal with it. But this is where I say that the government advice and help, I don't see as generous as everybody else does, because in your position, you might sit there today and think, feasibly, for the next six months, nobody's going to recruit, feasibly. And therefore, to go and borrow money is ludicrous. So actually, in the current situation, the best you could hope for is 80% of your pay and you go home. And, and that basically is what we're faced with. So I think the challenge is to try and, if we can keep the industry going in some way, safely, then we can, people might start recruiting. You know, if, if there is no significant crash, you can keep going. So there is a part of me that says, if we stop, this will become a self-fulfilling prophecy of recession, bankruptcies, redundancies, and very difficult to resolve. If we keep going in some way, and I'd like to see the government come up with plans so that certain businesses can operate in a safe way. So instead of sending everybody home, shutting everything down, let's also have a, a strategy for maybe certain companies can work on certain days. A strategy to keep things open. Everything closes. Right. I worry about law and order. The courts are closed. Money's going to dry. 
it's going to be really difficult. So I would. You're only a few steps. We were talking about this morning. You're a few steps away from Steve yes. Unrest. You're a few steps away from losing. And that's going to come because the people that need the money, when you read the government small print, they ain't going to get it till the end of April. And there is lots of small print with it. It's not, you know, in America, they're sending out checks, so you get it. In here, you're making an application. And all I know about making applications to government in times when they're under pressure means it's going to be difficult. And well, we... I'll give you an example. Three days last week, we tried to get through to HMRC. Two hour, what, one hour, 58 minutes, no answer. Um, 49 minutes, got put through to someone, the phone went dead. One hour and 17 minutes, no answer. So I'm recording that. Now, one of the things I'm doing, and I encourage other people to do it, is I'm talking to people. I'm talking to some of my clients, the owners of the companies. I'm talking to my friends. I'm talking to, to people from inside my sectors and outside of my sectors. Sometimes, Stephen, like a conversation I had uh, Saturday afternoon, it was like a 45-minute rant. You know, that, that guy who's got his own business, his own problems, he was ranting at me. I was ranting at him. We were talking about what was going on. But do you know what? I felt so much better afterwards because it was like you're not alone. So I'm encouraging people to talk, to share how they feel. It's why this Survival Sphere Series podcast has come about. You know, what I'm trying to do is to keep myself out there, keep people out there, sharing what they're doing and bringing their experiences to life. I think what you've brought today, Stephen, is you've brought, you know, you've kept it really real from how it's affecting you and Quicker UK. You've spoken about the political situation, the, the optimism and the reality, you know, and perhaps perhaps the lessons that we could have had in place before. There's a desire and a passion. It comes through in everything you say to keep going, to keep people trading, to give us the chance. What are you doing? For yourself and your own mental, physical, and you know, what are you doing for yourself to keep yourself motivated? Because I'll tell you why I asked that. Thursday evening, I had a weird Thursday, up and down. It was like that. It was good, bad, and and I got home. It was about five and twenty to seven. I was on my drive, and I thought, my missus is in there, my two boys are in there. I need to go in and be positive. And I found myself head on my steering wheel, just going, right. I've got to get myself to do it. And, and, and I've got a few tactics I use to get through there. But, but what are you doing to get up in the morning and, and make sure you're in yeah, the zone? So my gym's closed. So the first thing I did on Saturday was go and buy a bike. So I can now, yeah. I'm an early riser. I get up at five and I'm keeping my physical exercise going, which is really important to me um, because I think that sets you up well for the day. Um, I am driven and motivated. So I, I don't want to... Um, I take every situation as a challenge. So the way I'm keeping myself motivated with this, I'm seeing it as a, a, a challenge on my business. So we have a virus that is attacking my business and I am going to beat that virus and I will focus on that and I'm driven to do it. The way I feel we can beat the virus is to keep healthy, well and fit and to follow government practices of safe distancing. If we do that, then we can keep trading. And absolutely, the mantra for KBB must be that in some way we keep trading. Because if I keep trading, I can save your business. I can save my subcontractors if I keep trading. So my message to everybody is, let's come up and put some energy and focus into how as an industry, we can keep trading safely 
following government guidelines, because if we do that, we will keep the money going without the need of the government. If we can't do that, then we are defeated. And I won't be defeated. At a, not a chance. Stephen Johnson, you've been an absolutely standout guest. I've always wanted to get you onto the Foy and Jones show, Series 1, Series 2. I've got you on the podcast in the worst possible circumstances. But you, do you know what? Your passions come through. We will keep the KBB industry trading. Well, I'm going to come out the other side of it because I want Foy and Jones to be there when recruitment will start turning again. Um, you've been a brilliant guest, mate. Thanks That's for coming time. on. Good to speak to you. So that's the end of the show. We're Foyne Jones. Stay safe, keep healthy, be positive, because together we will get through this.